Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. We're finishing, well, not finishing, we're continuing our series on hard topics. And to be honest, when we first, uh, when I first was feeling led about this specific topic, um, <laughs> so professional. I'll stop. Um, when I first felt led about this specific topic, um, I, I only had like a portion of it, and I really felt like God helped unpack the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to just, uh, I wanted us to start as a foundation of Scripture, of where the where the real meat of this subject is coming from. Um, and so we're going to look at the, the moment where Jesus was tempted. Everything in the Bible is so um, so unique and very, very uh, meticulous. And um, as I readjust uh, a millimeter difference, <laughs> yeah. um, every, everything in the Bible is so meticulous and very prophetic. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you read about the temptations of Jesus, that's not just like, I guess he was, you know, tempted by those things. You know, no, they're actually foundational um like temptations in the world that tempt mankind and we're going to look at this as the as a starting point for the roots of evil and so it says in luke chapter 4 verse 1 through 14 then jesus full of the holy spirit returned from the jordan river he was led by the spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days Mm -hmm. jesus ate nothing at that time and became very hungry and just stop right there real quick. This is right after Jesus was water baptized by John the Baptist. And it says that at this point in the story, he was full of the Holy Spirit. He's been, he was water baptized, then he was, he was full of the Holy Spirit. And now he goes on this fast. And it, at the beginning of the fast, it just says he's full of the Holy Spirit. Mm. It, so he's very hungry. Then the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. Mm. But Jesus told him, no. The scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. That's like explains politics right there. (laughs) I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Then Jesus replied, Oh, dang, I just realized that, too. Like, I'll give it all to you if you worship me. Yeah. And it's like all these, like, conspiracies yeah. about these politicians, like, sacrificing babies to the devil yeah. and stuff. We're already going deep there. It anyway, that was just, I've been, like, on that. Like, yeah. I've been, like, seeing that stuff. I'm like, man, that's freaking crazy. Yeah, it's the most recent um, weird stuff going on. So, anyway, not to get sidetracked. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so... Um, Jesus, Jesus replied, mm-hmm. the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Mm-hmm. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect and guard you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. So there's other times Jesus was tempted that doesn't disclose us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it says, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Mm. Before he was just full of the Holy Spirit, but now he's full of the Holy Spirit's power because he kept his integrity and kept the holiness. Mm. Um Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. And so we we're really diving into a lot of stuff. This is just this is just the premise. Mm-hmm. This isn't even like the, the ongoing of what we're talking about today. Uh, yo yo to Harry Bernard, mm-hmm. thanks for tuning in. Um uh Molly, I see you there. Matt, I wanna say hi to you guys. And Crystal, hey, I saw Crystal, you. Crystal, I saw that hand and it went up. People commented and went yeah. up, but hi. We saw uh, it. <laughs> and so there's a couple things I just want to point out real quick and this pre this you know pre message of scripture and that is it was Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit but he was full of the Holy Spirit's power after he resisted temptation. Mm. 
And it shows us this imagery of what it's like for a lot of Christians who are like, well, you know, I try to do my walk with God, but I feel like when I pray, nothing happens. And oftentimes when we don't take holiness seriously or integrity seriously, um, we don't feel the, the power of the Holy Spirit when we pray because our character isn't reflecting the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit within us. Mm. He was, you can have the Holy Spirit, you can be saved, but still be unactivated in its power when you don't live like you have the Holy Spirit. Um, another note, I, I, again, this is just like free little nuggets, you know, because people like little extras. Mm. Um, another thing to just be interested in is that the devil used scripture to try to mislead yeah. Jesus into truth, uh, into a lie instead of truth. Mm-hmm. And Jesus' response was the complete scripture. Yeah. It, it was even parts where the devil only quoted some of the scripture and Jesus finished the other part. And it became a complete thought and of why the temptation was stupid. But he used scripture to combat temptation. And guys, I'm just trying to... Yeah, I'm trying to emphasize, like, we need to read our Bible. Yeah, like, it's, it's really important and, um, to read Scripture because it is a tool. It is useful to help you um, in this world. It's not just, like, uh, it's not just bland, boring words that, you know, to tell you to believe in God. It is so useful, and it teaches us what is right and wrong. It helps us. It equips us to do what is good in our lives. And in this context, Jesus, the Son of God, I mean, he doesn't even have to say anything. He could just say, be gone. He was the Son of God. He cast demons out all the time. But he used scripture in this scenario to show us the imagery of temptation being uh, battled against. So anyway, so in these three temptations, at first glance, the first time I read this, I was like, this is weird. Like, those are weird things to be tempted by. (laughs) Like, like turning this, this... bread the stone into bread and eat it and it's like well okay i don't know bread right now yeah Yeah. like maybe a like a sandwich like that's only half of the picture but the pizza (laughs) um she's pregnant and uh and then it and then it goes into um the the all the kingdoms and all this all the wealth of the world all this authority and power and prestige and it's like dang like that's that's weird that I don't I don't naturally think of myself to be tempted by that on you know on a regular, right. um, and then it says to jump off and you know jump off the temple, and it seems like a weird temptation you know that at first glance we don't relate to, but there's so many um, there's so much study into this about how these are actually the three like foundational uh, foundations of evil and sin of man. Uh, in the world, that these are actually the three roots of evil and mm. sin that that go throughout our entire being. Yeah. And when we're looking into these three roots of evil, I, today what we're really going to focus on is unpacking what they actually are, unpacking why they are wicked. Not just saying like, yeah, it's bad, but we want to really, <laughs> God bless Excuse you. Me. Excuse me. Thank <laughs> Salud. You. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, we're teaching our daughter numbers, and mm-hmm. and Lauren got mad at me because we're doing it in English, right? Like one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. And I started doing it in Spanish cooperatively, mm-hmm. and and there's it's just funny because yeah, he says I get mad. No, I want our daughter to get definitely to yeah learn Spanish. Learn Spanish. Yeah. I just we just started we just started numbers, like, so I didn't I want to confuse. Excited. Like let's get her get it down and then bring it in like another language. I know it's like right here. Like we were supposed to go on a message. I gave like a sub message yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Anyway, she'll, she'll learn it. Anyways, go on. Yeah, gracias. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's we're gonna talk about what the what is actually these roots. Why they are. Uh, why they are actually wicked not just mm-hmm. saying it's wicked that's it don't do it but we're really going to understand why and we're also going to talk about how to deal with it in our lives how to be practical about seeing this and how to how to really uh, battle against it yeah. and so these these three things are actually really interesting it's uh we're going to be talking about the pleasure uh the pleasure of uh, the pleasure desired by man and this is the lust of the flesh the lust of the flesh the lust the lust of the body and it's hedonism hedonism and it's the the practice of doing whatever feels good whatever brings you pleasure is something that you should pursue or even worship and we're going to talk about this uh that we're going to talk about the 
uh, the love of money or the lust of the eyes, mm -hmm. materialism. And uh, we're going to be unpacking what that really is. And then finally, we're going to be talking about the pride of human, the pride of man, um, the pride of life, mm -hmm. egoism. And we're going to talk about how the this pers uh, pleasure, um, the lust of the flesh, the, the love of money or the materialism, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life of how all three of these things are are really what we go through as people. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to, uh, out of these three roots, I want to just point out that all three of them promise to satisfy, uh, satisfy and please us, but it will always leave us. It always is fleeting, making us need more. Mm -hmm. And so I know that was a big like preface, but any anything that you want to share or add before we get started? Um, I mean, I'm really excited to get into this and, and you know, what we were, you already kind of touched on and and when when the devil was tempting Jesus, and so it just always makes me think of like we've talked about this many times before in our messages, um, but how crazy it is that the devil came to him with um, with scripture to yeah. deceive him. Like the devil came to him to deceive him with the God's word, and so many yeah. times. You know, we are easily deceived, first of all, without God's word being used. But how many times have you heard something twisted and weird yeah. and people are like, oh, well, God says this. Or like you're like, is that even in the Bible? Or yeah. God says this. Or you know what? This scripture means this or something weird. And how important is, is it, as we've talked about many times, to know the whole context of the word, the whole t context of scripture, the whole context... Yeah of the Bible because as Christians that is just so important that's something that we always share with y'all because especially I mean it's always been like this but especially right now oh, yeah. there is things getting twisted like never before and if you're not grounded and it's a journey don't get me wrong that yeah. doesn't mean we know the whole Bible like from like word for word but when you are a student of it when you are studying mm. it how important is that and how powerful is that? Because I'm telling you, just like the devil, the Bible says he will come like a light. He will come like an angel. It may be people in your life, circumstances, weird teachers or YouTube videos you'd be watching. YouTube you is know, a Oh, dude. please don't. <laughs> yeah. You know, these weird people like, oh, Google, you know, Google's like, you know, tell you crazy stuff if you go look for it. But if you're looking and searching for the truth, it's in the word, you know. Yeah. And so anyways, the devil is a liar. The Bible says he is the father of lies. Like he is out to lie to you. And how clever is it to use God's word to try yeah. to trick you? And so, you know, it just made me think of that. Um, yeah. And it made me think of something else, but I just lost my train of thought. But um, uh, yeah, yeah, just getting in the word and just understanding yeah. it and how he's just such a liar. Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited to really unpack these three roots of evil and understand that more. Mm -hmm. Good, yeah. me too. Yeah, definitely. And, and let me also tell you guys, hey, what's up, Lucy? <laughs> um, I, let me also just like say this, that when I was finished preparing this, I was like, dang, this could actually be like a whole series. Yeah. But I was too excited to, <laughs> to break it up into a whole month. Yeah. And so I thought, let's just, just go, today. let's yeah, just, just throw up on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so... Let, let's let's start off with the love of money mm. the love of money and this is the lust of the eyes or materialism mm -hmm. materialism the worship of possessions or want or desire of things and for each of these i want to give a reference to somebody in the bible that exemplifies this for this i would say judas mm. judas had the the love of money truly manipulated him to justify stealing and betrayal even though it promised to fulfill him, it only left him as a broken man and uh, to where he ends up committing suicide. And so that's just a glimpse of somebody in the Bible to look at. And now I want to share a couple of scriptures that go along with it. That This is actually really interesting. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9-10, through 10, it says, But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires. Foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Dang. For the love of money, not money itself, money is right. just a tool, but the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Or another translation would say many different kinds of evil. Um, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Mm -hmm. 
So I want to just take a moment to stop and see, huh, I thought it said all evil. Even for me, when I was first preparing this message, I was like, well, the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. That is a commonly quoted misconception. And the only translation that, that quotes, that, that, um, that defines scripture or translates scripture to say that is the Old King James Version Bible. Now, I don't know if any of you guys are Old King James fans. Um, I'm not at all. I think it's the most, um, I think it is one of the most uh, ill knowledge scripture contexts available out of all the ones that, out of the plethora that are available. Um, but all, all translations with all of the, the uh, uh, fresh, um, modern technology to be able to translate scripture all the the where there's not a mix of political gain like king james had um it it is so open for so many people to translate not just a, a ruler a, to translate that we're able to see all different uh so much more depth in scripture to where we see it says roots of all kinds of evil i just felt like i needed to share that yeah, yeah. um and so we see Paul warning Timothy about the love of money. It's led so many people astray that it's trapped, trapped people by many and caused them to seek these foolish and harmful desires that ruin their lives. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 through 24, Jesus says, Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Dang. So... The reason I was emphasizing the word I yeah. is because the lust of the eyes is what materialism is yeah. described as. Mm -hmm. And he's talking specifically connecting treasure and, and worldly possessions, materialism, to the, uh, our eyes and our, how we desire things. And what the lust of the eyes is, what materialism is, what the love of money is, is the belief that possessions or money should be the end of a means because it will give satisfaction and security. And so just to break down what, if you've ever heard the term means to an end, end is the final product of what you are trying to get to. The means is the process of which you get there. Mm -hmm. And so it, this idea of materialism, the lust of the eyes, is the end product. It's putting the tool as the end product rather than the means. Mm -hmm. um, and so why this is so evil is that it's putting a tool at a higher value and importance than people or even God. Yeah. And which leads all of your decisions to be filtered through the scope of people and even God being the means to the end result of money or possessions. Mm -hmm. To where you're using God or you're using people as a means to an end, which is ethically never something you should do. And morally is not something you should do. And I want us to really like unpack what that looks like today. I mean, on a basic scope, it's just like, um, I want to get this to look better in front of others. Mm -hmm. I want to get this to be better than somebody else. Mm -hmm. Have you ever noticed whenever you get a new car or maybe your friend got a new car and all of a sudden you're like, well, shoot, I need to get a shoot, new car. Shoot, my car's broken. Yeah, my car's like, my car's like a 2018, like mm -hmm. I need to get one too. It's, it's safer. But really it's just like, dang, I want to have a nice whip too. Yeah. Mm. And it's that, that old term of keeping up with the Joneses. Mm. And, and even when you look, uh, when you look at that, it's because you want to be better than somebody else. That result is being better. It's an evil. It, it's, uh, and whenever we trust into, uh, when we when put so much value and importance on possessions and money, it just it just always ends up leading to a devaluing of people or God in our lives. And as far as like a you know 
I, I feel like I, I'm kind of going on right now, but I really feel like there's something that you should say about this. Oh, okay. This is unscripted, by the oh, way. Oh, okay, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there's so far there's a couple thoughts that I've had, but, you know, honestly, like the first scripture you shared, it's not saying money is evil, but unbridled it can be the root of un of unevil of evil if we allow it to you know and and i just it's crazy how it explains this like it it pierced them with many sorrows and if i can be honest you know there's many people that i've met even christians in the church serving and i've talked mm. to them about their passions right i've talked to them about their heart in serving god and different things like that and one of their main goals in life was continuously said, I want to be a millionaire. I just want to be rich. I just want to like, you know, just be a millionaire. And that was really, it does. And you know, that was their main goal in life. Yeah. They were serving God and all that, doing great things, making a difference. And let me say having a lot of money and being rich is not wrong and not evil, but again, it's definitely the heart behind it. Are you enslaved to it or are you serving God with it? Is it glorifying God or are you enslaved to it? And, and it really made me feel so uncomfortable because, you know, at the end of the day, like the Bible says, you enter this world with nothing and you leave yeah. this world with nothing. All of your hard work and toil goes to nothing at the end. Yeah. Should you work hard and make a difference here on earth? Obviously. But if you're doing it and killing yourself, if you're sacrificing time with your family, mm -hmm, Gosh, man, right? If you're, you know, chasing the dollar every single day and missing maybe the opportunities out there for you, instead of going to school and pursuing your passion, you're just chasing that paper and settle for a job that pays you good, but you have no time for yourself. You know, if you're chasing money that ends up you know, sacrificing the very things that are important to you. Remember, you do not leave with it. At the end of your life, you know, the, you do not take money with you or your possessions. So the love of money, if unbridled, will definitely destroy a person. And, um, and then when it says you cannot serve both God and be enslaved to money, you know, it really makes me think of the whole um, tithing and giving to God and giving to the church. Like honestly, like that is a hard topic to talk about because of of unfortunately horrible things that have been done in in the light of that if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, yes, it's been misrepresented. Yes, it's been abused. All this stuff, but it really makes me think of and I know that's something you're going to like talk about, but the heart behind giving. And this is not for uh to talk about giving for the church right now for our church. It's that's what I'm talking about is I was at a point in my life where I didn't understand the whole concept of giving. I was new to being a Christian. And then I learned about it. There was this pastor who really taught me about what it means practically and spiritually. Anyways, and, and it made me think there's so many of us that are so enslaved to money because of fear. Because of the fear of not having enough. I get it. Bills are there. You know, payments are there. But when we are so afraid to not have enough, it reveals what's in our heart. And sometimes it's not even to have enough, but hey, I, I like to go out to eat like every day. I like to, you know, soup up, soup up my car. I like to, great, that's great. But is 10% really tithing? Is that really asking too much? <laughs> is 10% really that hard? Do I understand budgets and do I get like, sometimes life is tough, we've been there. <laughs> But all I'm saying is that God is bigger than money. God is our provider. And if you really educate and learn, uh, educate yourself in the Bible, what it says about that, not YouTube videos, please, but what it says about tithing and offering in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it's there, guys. You know, um, and I say that because, you know, there's different thoughts. I'm not so, trying to get too crazy. Let, let, me got, let me not get too crazy. But my point is, is... Um, it's so dangerous to be enslaved with money to the point where you want to like serve God in different areas, but it's a simple practice of your faith to honor God in what he's given you. Do we understand and have the perspective that everything that has come in our hand, including money and material things are from God? It says every good and perfect gift is from above. 
money. The Bible even says that he wants to not only give you and provide what you need, but it says that he wants to give you stuff for your enjoyment. So this is not a message saying, you know, God doesn't want to provide so you have your bills paid and enjoy a little sushi on, you know, Friday night. I don't know. He wants to provide those things. I know I'm pregnant. That sounds good. right? Um, he wants to provide those things. But when we come to the point where we say, hey, thanks God for the blessing. This is all mine. Like a toddler. Like, oh, okay, thanks mom. You know, mine. You know, it shows what's really in our heart. And one time as a, a pastor was teaching us about tithing back in the day. When back I was, in the day. Well, back in the day. I'm getting up there. Um, at Bible college, they shared this story that's always stuck with me. And I've shared it before. And then I'll close so that it can continue. Um, but that that this man went up to the pastor and said, hey, pastor, like, I've really been wanting to, like, do this tithing thing and be obedient. I want to trust God to be my provider. You know, I want to trust that I can give this to God and honor him in this way. And he says, okay, yeah, definitely. He's like, but I'm just afraid. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I can do this. I'm so afraid to take that step of faith. And so the pastor told him, okay, cool. Well, how about this? Start tithing. And throughout this next month, if you ever fall short and are lacking a certain amount of money for a bill or groceries or anything like that, let me know and I'll give you what you need. I'll give you the difference so that you won't have to worry. And then let's see what happens. And the guy goes, you know what? That's a great idea. It'll help me like get into the practice of tithing. And, and then you'll just get my back like if I don't have enough. And then we'll see what happens. And then the pastor says, how dare you? Trust man, trust me over God to provide your needs. God is the one that says, if you tithe and bring all your tithes in the storehouse, I will open up the windows of heaven and send down a blessing that you can't contain. And he will rebuke the devourer from your life, from your finances, from all those things. God says that, not man. And I remember just being blown away. And that's always stuck with me. And my point is, is where is our heart? You know, God is the one who, who, um, we can trust when it comes to money and and when we love money and hold on to it so closely it will be ripped away um, at some point especially you know when our last day is it's not going with us and so I know I kind of like went on some different tangents but that's kind of like what I thought about um, on this topic no that, that was really great Lauren and I really just you know, I didn't mean to put you on, like, the spot, but yeah, I really no. felt like the Holy Spirit was like, hey, hold up, I think she'll share this better. Oh. Um, and so it didn't mean to, I just felt like the Holy no, Spirit wanted you to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the only thing that I want to really add on to this is, you know, Lauren said it just perfectly. And I want us to just even look a little bit deeper for a second about what are some things that, some choices that we make based off of the idea of money. I mean, think about how many times um, it's done that people vote for somebody based off of how much income they're going to get, mm-hmm. whether it's for whether it's because of less restrictions or because of uh, assistance. It doesn't matter which one. the The whole idea is that even ba- like we base on who we're going to vote to lead our country based off of money. Like that is a that's a real thing, to we where we don't care about person's integrity. We don't care about other things that they stand for. We don't care about other policies, but it's going to make my life temp- more easier because I'm going to get more money in some way, shape, or form. And guys, that that's just that's how we vote. The love of, that's derived from the love of money. I, it reminds me of when I was a salesman for a period of time, mm. and there's one sales job I had where I'm I'm going to just be straight up like I was told to mislead customers. And it was just like the, it wasn't like flat out lying, but it was the idea of deceiving them in order to drop their guard down. And I remember I just felt so convicted and wrong about it. And uh, the other sales guys were like, yeah, but like you just do that so you can get paid. Like you got to have a job. You got to get money for your, feed your family. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do it like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, it's like moments like that to where doing something or breaking your integrity uh, in order to get even like what you need yeah. it's that y'all see what I'm saying that yeah. the choices we make uh, to 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 get money or even more than what we need it it all is rooted in materialism yeah. and sometimes materialism is our basic needs but a lot of times it's for the extra stuff mm-hmm. and uh, you know just like Lauren said our hearts are such a clear picture of where our treasure is and it's no wonder that God calls his people to, to a regular practice of tithing. And it helps, to, it helps us to always have a check on our hearts. To me, I look at it as like 
um, when Paul tells, uh, he tells the uh, certain Jews that were opposing him that God is calling you to circumcise your hearts instead of the flesh. And it makes me, that's why I look at tithing as, that's a constant cutting away the flesh of my heart. That's cutting away from my heart of what is, what is wrong, what is evil, because I'll, uh, without that, without that check, like, um, or that constant check on my heart, I'll, I'm willing to do something unfavorable in order to get a check. Um, and so I really believe that the practical way to combat this, this rooted evil in the world is a regular practice of tithing and, and generosity. It just, it just expels this, this wickedness that is always lurking. I mean, you could be tithing for years and be like, oh no, money has no pull on me. And it's just like, it comes randomly and it yeah. will still hit you. No one is immune. If you think that you're immune to this evil, you, you have not been a, a aware. You're not self-aware long enough to, to see it happening. Um, and I want to go on to now the, the pride of humans, the pride of life, egoism. Mm-hmm. And th- this is uh, the person that I want to reflect on is Saul. Saul is in the Old Testament. He was the first king of Israel. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of the story, you see one of the most insecure men ever displayed in the Bible. By the end of it, you see one of the most prideful, envious men that you've ever seen in the Bible. And you, you at first glance, you think, well, man, he like flip-flopped like crazy. He changed. Having power changed him. But the, there's a saying that uh, that power and even money, like it only reveals what was already there. Yeah. It, sometimes it's just a little bit, but time and power, give, uh, responsibility, authority, um, those things re- often reveal things that were already in our hearts. Yeah. And when he was an insecure young man, um, and when he was envious, uh, when he was envious and jealous and super prideful, it not only destroyed himself, but it also destroyed the relationships around him, the people around him, and that's what pride is like it just destroys relationships yeah. around you and i want to give a couple of verses before uh before going on and and actually real quick i want to just point out that that insecurity and and uh and arrogance are both pride mm-hmm. it all is about me myself whether it's a negative or positive tone it's all surrounded about me the point of focus um In James chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, it says, And he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In Isaiah chapter 2, verse 11 through 12, it says, Human pride will be brought down, and human arrogance will be humbled. Only the Lord will be exalted on that day of judgment, for the Lord of heaven's armies has a day of reckoning. He will punish the proud and mighty and bring down everything that is exalted. So God has this big beef with pride. Yeah. Um, and I think that's best explained in this next verse. Isaiah chapter 29, verse 16 says, How foolish can you be? He is the potter, and he is certainly greater than you, the clay. Should the created thing say to the one who made it, He didn't make me? Does a jar ever say, The pot, the potter who made me is stupid? And I feel like these, and there's so much more, so many more verses about the clay and the potter. And does a clay, does a clay ever talk back to the potter saying, Why did you create me like this? Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, what pride is the pride of life is a mindset that says whether passively or just straightforward bow down to me others should either serve me or praise me this also asserts the idea that you are your own creator or god the world should bend to you Mm. it's it's really the idea that the whole world is around revolves around you and i strongly believe that this is one of the one of the the very essence uh the very like essence of pride is the rejection of roles and values the the rejection of roles and values that were given by god pride is actually what is described as the motivating factor for lucifer and it overall rejects the hand that created you 
the, if you don't know the the portrayal of Lucifer, Lucifer means the angel of light, and the way that it's described in prophetic books of the Bible is that he was the angel in heaven leading worship of God, mm-hmm. and that he was brilliant. He was the most beautiful angel, strong, blah blah blah, and that as he would lead worship in heaven, however that looks, that that um, he started to desire the worship for himself, mm. that, that pride started to well up inside of him, and that he was so manipulative and conniving that he convinced one-third of the angels to worship him, to actually make him their king, and had a rebellion and to lead a rebellion against God. And the way Jesus describes this rebellion, he says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. I just imagine when you're looking for that one fly, that mosquito, and you swat it, mm. and it just goes straight to the floor. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like for the rebellion of Lucifer. Yeah. And now he, because angels don't have forgiveness, he walks and wanders on the earth until the day of judgment that was already, that was predestined. Um, the day of judgment that was set for the devil and his demons. Um, and his sole duty is to bring God's most cherished possession with him to hell. Mm. And that is why he hates us so much. That's why he's conniving. It's more so that he is so so spiteful against his creator that he's trying to attack what his creator cherishes. And that's that's the whole like motivating factor. And it was all rooted in pride that I am better, that the world should revolve around me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the I really believe that one of the best ways to um, that pride is a continual a continual statue of ourselves being erected in our hearts. And it's just that it just is always coming up and serving others is one of the best ways to consistently check our hearts for humility serving others when you serve others i mean think about all these things that we're saying generosity jesus displayed that beautifully and even when he when he multiplied the bread and fish don't you know he could have sold it to those people you ever been to a, yeah. a church event and they sell you water for a dollar <laughs> Je- jesus out here giving fish stick sandwiches to everybody oh, no. for free mm-hmm. he could have made a profit they could have made a whole mission fund mm-hmm. but that's his heart of generosity mm-hmm. here jesus completely displayed the heart of servanthood he was willing to wash his disciples feet because he was so humble and it is showing that that this attitude of serving others putting others before yourself is one of the best ways to defeat pride on a on a regular basis that and forgiveness mm. that and forgiveness i like what mallory said save people serve people it's like one of those like sayings that like get right or get left like get <laughs> get sanctified or, or chicken, chicken fried, fried. yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> save people but it's that's the best one i've ever heard though save people and serve people yeah. and we uh we need to serve others, and when we put the when we hold on the heart of others should serve me, we we are we are displaying the attitude of Satan. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds like really extreme, but that's what it is: is that bow down to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, this attitude of serving is the best way to combat it. And forgiveness, mm-hmm. forgiving one another. Every time that we hold unforgiveness towards somebody, is because we deserve that. It's it's a really even when it's real bad, even when it's unjust, the idea of not forgiving somebody is stemmed in the heart of pride. Yeah, they, they 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 uh, they deserve to be punished, and they they just might. But the attitude of refusing to give that forgiveness it goes all the way back to us and God, to where He freely gives us forgiveness even though we didn't deserve it, and to withhold that from others, it it is. It's almost like a despising what our Creator gave to us. Um, and I hope I'm making sense. And I want to be clear that we've, we've done a lot of messages about making boundaries, that you shouldn't be a doormat or a punching bag for anyone. But that forgiveness is, a, is, a, is one of the hardest things to do sometimes. And it does not justify the person's actions. But is one of the har- sometimes it's one of the hardest things to do, and it just destroys the pride within us. Um, even if it's the smallest little rock, that sometimes forgiveness is clearing out, uh, clearing out even the smallest pebbles that are there, and it's just making us more and more like our Creator. Um, what do you, What are your thoughts on this idea of pride, Lauren? Yeah, it's real, um, and it makes me think of a couple things. Pride, um, when I think about it, most times when we are dealing with pride and struggling with pride, we are blind to it. Mm. I feel like I've I've seen that. 
Uh, like it's just obvious when someone is prideful when we're dealing with pride most times you don't know it they don't know it you're blind to the fact that you are being a prideful person or that person is dealing with pride why i mean if you think about it when you've maybe dealt with that or you're dealing with someone who man that person is just so prideful like they're blind to their mistakes they're blind to things that they need to take responsibility for. They're blind to the fact that they hurt you. They're blind and they can care less. And so I feel like pride is blinding. You know, so many times, you know, when it comes to our relation with God or other people, you are blind to the fact that you're dealing with that. But as you begin to seek after God, the, the God is the one who softens our heart. You know, sometimes it's either we're going to him, softening our heart like, God, I'm ready. But also he humbles us. Why does he humble us? Because he desires so much in the midst of our sin, in the midst of our pride to be close to us. But yeah. if pride is in between, it will cause a wedge not only between you and God, but you and others. Why between us and God? Because God is the creator of the universe. He is the one who created us. He is the one who has purpose for us. But when we think we know it all, when Mm. we think we have a better plan for our life, when we think, I don't need you, God. You've only led me here this far, and you've made things harder for me. I don't need you. I will reject you. When we have that attitude, that obviously creates a wedge between us and God, but he is patient and loving. And is he waiting for us? Yes. Will he humble us because he desires to be close to us? Yes. But so many times I just notice. I know, like I said, if you've encountered people like that, you try to convince them, you try to talk to them, you try to write a letter to them, oh, you try to text them, whatever it is, they don't get it. They don't see their error. They don't see what's wrong. Or maybe you've been on that side. Hey, all of us have dealt with different things, right? Yeah. But there's a time and place where pride will only lead you so far. But you will end up, if you continue to be prideful and stubborn with this pride, it's only going to leave you high and dry. You're not the one that's always right. You're not the one that has it all together. It will leave you high and dry and alone. And, and so pride is blind. And another thing it makes me think of is pride will steal from you. Mm-hmm. Pride steals from you. Look at Lucifer. He wanted all the praise. He wanted to take God's place. He wanted to be big and bad or big and good, right? He wanted to be like God. And what happened? Because his, he allowed his pride to get in the way, because his selfish ambition, because he wanted to be the top CEO, because he wanted to be whatever, you know, I don't know uh, what people pursue these days, whatever you wanted to be, Uh, something bigger and better to the point where you walked all over people where you try to Mm. steal their role and what happened his eternity in heaven to be able to be in paradise with christ himself with angels worshiping was stolen from him but who stole that from him was himself and the bible even says in john 10 10 that he comes to steal kill and destroy the devil is the one that is is the essence of pride, obviously. And he wants us, of course, to be tripped up in pride, of course, to be blind to the fact that we're dealing with it. And he wants to steal that. Not only that, but relationships. How many times do you allow, do we allow pride to kill a relationship, to destroy a relationship that could have been great, to um, just hinder that relationship because you can't say sorry. Because you can't look at yourself and say, what did I contribute to this relationship? You know, whether it's with family members, with friends, I don't know. And am I saying that every relationship should be mended? No, (laughs) Um, because there are unhealthy relationships and you're not always the one messing it up. No, but you, you know the situation and you get it. So if you have a problem saying sorry and maybe you don't remember the last time you said sorry, maybe you should evaluate yourself and say, do I do I often look at myself and see what I contributed to this fight? What I contributed to the unhealthiness of this relationship? Because pride will steal your relationships that that are meant to be beautiful, that are meant to be good, that are meant to to be a lifelong relationship. Again, don't don't be in an unhealthy relationship. That's not what I'm saying. But you get my point. And the last thing it made me think of is pride is when you when you feel entitled it pride mm. is selfish T- pride is i'm entitled you owe me 
And it's always looking at, I don't owe you anything. I don't need to serve people. I'm better than that. The Bible even says, you know, Jesus came to serve whoever it is. You know, Jesus is the one who goes to the greatest of these, but the least of these. And, you know, do we have an attitude of, oh, I'm better than that? Oh, they owe me. You know, I gave them uh, dinner all night, so they owe me their life. You know, any little thing. Do you look at what you do for others if you do other things for others and think, the thing in your back of your head, okay, well, they owe me. You know, just like The Office, like, uh, it's a funny episode, but where okay. Dwight and Andy are going back and forth, and like, okay, you owe me one, you owe me one. It's funny. Yeah. Um, but anyways, you know, pride is a form of, in my opinion, just being entitled to everyone else bowing down to you and serving you because you think you're that great. But all of us are broken people. All of us are not perfect. And, you know, God has called us, just like you said, I love what you said about serving others, is a way to really check your heart and forgiveness. Like, dude, that is hard. Yeah. Like, sometimes we need to forgive people for certain little things. They offended us. They made fun of us. You know, I don't things, know. Yeah. They said, oh, man, you're pregnant. Like, I don't, like something like that. But <laughs> I'm joking. That hasn't happened. Um, but, or maybe it's something that really, really, really was unfair and wrong. I get that, and I that is not easy, 100% not easy, but it really does a number on your heart in a good way because it's a command from God. He says you must forgive others in order to be forgiven, and though that is hard, it's for your heart. It's to really minister to your heart. Yeah, it's liberating. And, and God says don't try to get even for this wrong. I will take revenge. God is the one. It literally says in different scriptures in the Bible, I will fight your battles. I will bring justice. Don't try to get in there and be like, hey, like, you know, whatever that looks like for you. But remember, at the end of the day, too, when it comes to forgiveness, that is your part. But God's part is to bring justice. Whether you see it now or in 10 years or you see it in heaven, trust me, God sees all the unfair things that have happened in your life, and he will bring justice to your life. And so, um, yeah, those are a couple of Man, you're on fire tonight. Babe, you're on fire. <laughs> No, that, you know, I feel like everything you're saying is just like expounding on really just why this is such a, a thing to not take lightly. Yeah. And when we, when we just, uh, finishing up on pride, you know, we, we really have to look at, evaluate ourselves. And I remember even a time in our marriage where there was a day where God was ministering to my heart and correcting me mm -hmm. and just made me think about how, when was the last time I said sorry first in a fight mm. uh, or an argument? Yeah, a, a or a little disgruntled yeah. moment. Um, and, and God really convicted me and he just showed me how I was have, harboring so much pride in myself and feeling like I deserve to be right. That I was, mm. and, it's, and it, it came across even so subtly, bow down to me, mm. bow down to me. And now, like, God, like, is really ministering my heart. And it's not always easy, okay? Yeah, no, but it's not. But, so, like, now, whenever we're in, like, one of those, you know, disagreements where it's, like, subtle disagreement, we don't get in, like, yelling matches anymore, right? No. Um, but, no <laughs> last week, no. <laughs> <laughs> Did we? No. Oh, okay. Because you, like, laugh, like... It's just funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. But anyway, uh, to where now, like, my heart is, I want to be the first one to apologize. I, and... Challenge uh, on. Yeah. It, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll remember that. Um, I want to be the first one to apologize. And guys, sometimes it's really not easy to because my pride is trying to stop me. And it's those moments where I know that God is like dealing, trying to show me something. And uh, I want us to really like not look at these and think, like, oh, I don't have a problem with pride. Oh, I don't have a problem with the materialism. Oh, I don't have a problem with any of this stuff. I'm good. There's areas in our lives that we need to reevaluate. And guys... Um, honestly, when I was preparing this, I felt convicted. And as I was going through this message and preparing it, I was like, man, I have not like kept a check on my heart of temptation. And, you know, sometimes we get off into the weeds as Christians. We're like, well, you know, I haven't been lying. I haven't been stealing. I haven't been having crazy sex. So, <laughs> I mean, I think I'm good. And here God is saying, have you been prideful? Mm. Have you been uh, seeking material uh, material things to, in order to satisfy your soul yeah. instead of me? Have you been looking to be, um, uh, have you been being fueled by pleasure? You know, mm. that's like way beyond just like, like a checklist of, yeah. I didn't sin this week, like yeah. good job. 
it, it's so uh-huh. deeper. And so I want us to finish up real quick on the pleasure desire, the lust of the flesh. And this is hedonism. It's a desire. It's the pursuit. Um, it's a pursuit of pleasure. Um, chasing whatever feels good. If it pleases you, then do it. Mm-hmm. It is also often often mixed with the entitled idea of deserving to be pleased. Mm-hmm. That you uh, you deserve to experience this pleasure. And this is actually one of the rooted core values of Satanism. To do whatever feels good. Yeah. It's not even do evil. or It's that's rooted in do whatever feels good. Pretty and good. the person that really sticks out to me in this idea of hedonism is Solomon. He was the third king of Israel, David's son. And he chased whatever felt good. And it led him completely away from God, even to pagan worship, to where his father David was the best king ever lived besides Jesus. And he, uh, by the end of his life, I don't even know if Solomon went to heaven because he was just completely into paganism. He was worshiping mm-hmm. idols. And he had over a thousand wives and concubines because whoever he saw that he would make them become his wife or his concubine because Again, all of these things is using people as a means to an end. And as an end, I want to be pleasured. If I see you and you look good, then you mine now. Mm-hmm. That's that's literally the kind of person he was. He's like the Jeffrey Epstein of of, of David of, of David's time, yeah. and it left destruction for his children and for his future. Mm-hmm. Think about the the thing about pleasure is that it promises to please you right now but it steals from your future. Yeah, that's good. All of these things are taking, stealing from something, destroying something. Pride destroys your relationships. Materialism destroys something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's not good. It, it kills your soul. Mm. And, and what this says is that it steals from your future. It yeah. steals from your children's future. Mm-hmm. And that's what it did for him. And in James chapter 1, verse 13 through 15, it says, And remember when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone. Temptation comes from our own desires, mm. which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Mm. And this whole idea of of chasing pleasure, I mean, we've been groomed to believe this ideology. Disney taught us from, since we were kids, follow your heart, do whatever feels right. Even now, I mean, like, it's old now, but YOLO, you only live once, you might as well just do whatever the heck you want. Not really, though. Um, And why this is so evil is that it is trying to fill a hole. It's This is the way I imagine it. It's like it's trying to fill a hole in the ground with water instead of dirt. And it will always require more and more after it is either evaporated or soaked through the dirt. It is chasing temporary fulfillment for a permanent problem. And it often takes from the future of yourself and others. Mm-hmm. When it, Every time that we desire pleasure, it's never satisfied. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like this is one of, the t- one of the roots where I feel like everyone usually stays. Like, this is what I feel like most people understand. Mm-hmm. Like, the lust of the flesh, like, oh, yeah, like, I know what he's talking about. <laughs> Don't do that now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like, everyone got this. The other one's like, I didn't even know I was being prideful. Yeah, huh? Huh? Like, I didn't even know I was worshiping but money. But pleasure's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, pleasure's like, oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I already know. I already thought I of three different pleasures of yeah. what I did today mm-hmm. that, that I shouldn't oh. have. Um, and so... I'm not going to get into so much about what it entails, but yeah. I hope that it makes sense of why it's evil. Yeah. And I really believe that how we combat this pursuit of, of desire and pleasure to fulfill us, it is actually through prayer and worship. Prayer and worship often check our heart's level of holiness. Mm-hmm. And when we're in prayer, when we're in worship, that's when we feel the most conviction. Yeah. But at the same time, it's when we feel the most fulfillment in our lives. And when we find ourselves avoiding prayer, avoiding worship, it's often because we've already replaced it with pleasure. And, And how real is it when a moment where you're feeling unfulfilled, you're sad, whatever, and... And you're trying to fill that hole with something. What do you go out? You go out and drink. I want to feel better about myself. Uh, 
Um, I want to go do drugs. I want to go just watch Netflix all night. I want to I want to binge watch. I want to blah 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 blah. All the things that we do. It doesn't even have to be really bad. It could just be like a bad habit, mm-hmm. unhealthy. Yeah. And why do we do those things to fill some type of hole in our lives? Yeah. And but when we actually bring those things to prayer, we're we're literally casting our cares, our worries to Jesus. And when we do that, we feel fulfillment. Yeah. Instead of having to feel convicted all the time, always having to feel like we're a bad person. And and whenever we feel like that avoidance in our heart, guys, it's it's so clear it's because we have a level a deep level of unholiness in our lives that is making us feel like we have to run away from God. It's making us find reasons and excuses of why we can't pray today, why we can't worship. And it's because of that fear of being judged, that that fear of conviction, that fear of feeling guilty um, because we know that we haven't, that we, because we know that we've been chasing pleasure instead of prayer. Yeah, and, and if we if we just start bringing, uh, combating this and, and stop hiding from God, and even if you've been bad, just going to prayer anyway, yeah. it that's where the process starts. Even if you've already poured water in the hole, it's going to evaporate eventually. So mm-hmm. you might as well start throwing some actual dirt in there. Yeah. There's no reason to wait for the the pleasure to to a week to for the water to evaporate or drain. Just start throwing dirt now because you need that. That's the only way that that hole's going to be filled. Um, what are your thoughts on this last point, yeah. Lauren? Um, you know. On that point, it, it makes me think of also like in those times that we fall, in those times that we, you know, fall into these pleasures that are unhealthy and even sin, you know, we also have to remember like Homer just ended on that the Bible says God is faithful and just to forgive you when you confess your sins to him. It says he cast your sin as far as the east is from the yeah. west. So you have to remember, you don't have to wait until you feel not guilty anymore, till you feel like, oh, I don't feel ashamed today. I feel a little better. So let me go to God. You can run to him as soon as you mess up. And that sounds weird, I know, but it th- that doesn't mean like you run to him, feel better, and then do it over and over again. But your heart desires to just be restored in your relation with God. And he will throw that sin out and say, come yeah. to me, you know. But it makes this this topic makes me think of the Samaritan woman, mm. you know. Um, it, it just makes me think of the Samaritan woman. She had many husbands. And she encountered Jesus one day and Jesus, you know, told her, hey, I know about all your husbands. You're, you're, you're here at this well trying to get water, but I am the living water. And it's, it's, and I'm not really going to share the whole story because it's a whole nother story, but check it out. But the essence of that story is that she had so many husbands and the man that she was living with then, they weren't even married. And what that reflected is that she was chasing love. She was chasing to have her well filled with, with love and, and to feel worthy and to feel wanted and it never worked out over and over how many times have you been in that cycle whether it's with toxic relationships chasing the wrong kind of guys or girls or other things other habits and each time you think this is different you know I'm not gonna fall into this I'm not gonna drink like I used to this is different I'm not gonna sleep with him oh no three months in y'all are sleeping together in an ugly relationship you know I'm not gonna do this anymore but it's the same cycle over and over and the same thing we're all trying to fill a hole just like she was and Jesus encountered her and said you're looking for fulfillment and that can only be found in me living water where you won't run out and and so anyways just like we're talking about right now at the end of the day we're all seeking fulfillment and when you take time for worship and prayer however that looks like for you in your life know that it's hard to think about like when you really engage in that it's hard to think about those other evil desires like yeah that may come in your head the enemy's trying to like mess with you but when you're in god's presence all those other thoughts fade away you know like you realize at that moment like oh this is a living water i needed this is what i needed was jesus and so many times we go days weeks and months feeling so dry and empty because we haven't taken those moments with jesus and what happens is we end up falling into these sins falling into these holes and being trapped because we're instead of going to the one we know is going to fulfill our souls and is enough for us we go to these things that leave you high and dry and so you know, just always when I think of the uh, lust of the flesh, I think of the enemy literally saying, here, this is what you need. Come on in. Mm-hmm. And then you take it. Um, we're restarting Instagram right now. Um, 
And it makes me think of the the enemy drawing you in and saying, here, this is what you want, right? Here's the bait. You take it and the next moment, you know, you know, that fish is caught and dead, you know? And for us, it's like he, he brings us in and then he laughs in our face. How stupid are you to fall for this again? I can't believe you. You should feel guilty. You should feel ashamed. You're a horrible person. What a horrible Christian. I mean, isn't that messed up? The devil tricks you and then tells you how horrible you are. And he wants to do that over and over again. And so my point is with all of that is that Jesus is the one we obviously need. You know, he is the one who provides living water and fulfills our soul, not all of these pleasures. And when we do mess up, remember God is faithful to forgive. Get back up, says a godly trip seven times, but each time they get back up. Continue to get back up and put your thoughts on Jesus, and he's got your back. And so, um, yeah. Like I said, Lauren, you're like just really preaching tonight. Oh, babe, you're the preacher, man. No, no, you're on fire. And I, I really feel like the way that you're expounding on each of these topics is what people need to hear. And the Holy Spirit is just really using you to to unpack these these um, these different evils in our lives that, that Jesus wants to deal with. And... You know, with that being said, I, I really believe that that everything points to Jesus. And that even at the end of this message, that that this is a time for us to be pointed back to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that this is not a this this whole message isn't to just beat us over the head and say, Man, we suck. Yeah. It, yeah. That it's actually for us to, to have a moment where where God is saying, Come back to me, come closer yeah. to me. It's not even saying that you ran away from God, but yeah. it might be just God telling you, like, come closer to me. Yeah. I want you to grow in me right now. And and if that's you, I just want you to just uh, pray to Jesus right now. And, and I want you to just pray with us. Say, God, I, I need this. I really want your presence in my life. Jesus, you were full of the Holy Spirit already, but after you re- resisted all of these temptations, you were full of the Holy Spirit's power. And I need the power of God in my life. And so, Lord, help me to resist all these different evils, the, the pride of life, the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. Um, I don't want to chase material things. I don't want to live for pleasure. I don't want to be so prideful. I want you to do a work in my heart. I, I want to turn away from these things and follow you to a deeper place, a deeper level in my life today. Will you help me do that, God, in Jesus' name? And, and if, if you help, if you prayed that, um, if you prayed that with us today at any point, maybe you prayed that for the very first time, we'd love to connect with you as a church, as a community. You don't have to walk this alone. We want you to, to know that um, you got family, that church family that cares about you. And, and so, if you, like I said, if you prayed that at all today, uh, you need to talk more about it or unpack it, uh, this decision that you're trying to make. Reach out to us so that we can connect with you. Um, and with all that being said, um, Lauren, that, that again, that was just a really powerful take on all those three different points. Oh, babe, you brought and, it. Thank you. <laughs> and I, I'm so grateful for having such a spirit-filled wife in in my life to be able to um, to where I know without a doubt that you are not just the pastor's wife. You yeah. are a powerful, Holy Spirit-filled woman of mm-hmm. God that that truly desires to see people edified in their faith and grow closer to God. And to see truth revealed in Jesus. And so I'm just so grateful for you. I love you. Babe, I love you. Look at him getting all these brownie points. Babe, you're so sweet. <laughs> well, thanks for leading Pay us, me back babe. later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, that was a joke. But um, the, the pay me back later part. No. Okay, yeah, go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you thought it like that. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was because of the message, like you no. owe me one. Oh, I was thinking something else, but I know you dirty, okay, no, you're dirty not... girl. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, with all that being said, guys, we're we're closing up today. And um, Nicole, uh, I totally agree. God mm-hmm. speaks through Lauren. Hopefully, oh. one day God could speak through me too. Oh my gosh, uh, every I'm just day, joking. every I'm just day, joking. babe. Um, but uh, we we love you guys so much. If you have it on your hearts, maybe at some point through the message, even when we we're going over. The idea of tithing. Maybe you feel compelled on your hearts, like, man, I really think that that's something the Holy Spirit is leading me to do. That's something I want to start doing. I want to grow like that. We would love to to um, help walk you through that. Maybe you're just ready. Maybe you want to talk about it. But if if you want to make Grave Top Church the the avenue for you to practice that, 
we definitely want to be good stewards of that. And so if if that's you, you feel like you want to make a decision, all you have to do is go to gravetop.com, click the give tab. It tells you all the different ways to give there. You can give straight online. You can give through Venmo, Cash App. Um, you can even text to give. It gives you all the options there. Um, but we are we are so grateful for those who do give and who are generous. Maybe you tie that at another church or another organization, but you just want to give a donation today. It really helps um, us to continue doing ministry. Uh, the decisions that we've made to be where we are today, it wouldn't have been possible if we didn't step out of faith. And it wouldn't have been possible if, if God didn't send people like you to answer those those big jumps of faith uh, to help um, to help pave the way for the vision God has given yeah. this church. And so we're so grateful for you. We love you. All that being said, uh, Lauren, do you want to close this out with a song? No. <laughs> I'll send you a link of a great song, but that's about it. <laughs> uh, I don't know if y'all saw Harry on the, the beginning of this. He, I talked to him today, and he said, hey, so are you going to do it? I said, what? He said, what we talked about last week. I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, come to the altar. Sing that mm, one. <laughs> if anything, this guy right here. Yeah. No, y'all don't want to hear me sing. Y'all don't want to listen. Y'all won't want to be a part anymore. That's not true. That's not true. Oh, come to... Oh, how's it go? Something about the altar. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. We love you guys so much. Have a great rest of your evening. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.